Hi there. Welcome to the New Life Live podcast. Steve here. Since 1988, New Life has been transforming lives one life at a time. Now our goal is to provide you with wisdom from God's Word to give you hope and help in life's most difficult places. One way that we do this is through the live program that we share with our listeners here on the podcast. If you have a question that you'd like to ask our panel of counselors and psychologists, call us at 1-800-229-3000, Monday through Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific. Now let's go to today's podcast episode. It's Becky Brown. As Terry said, I'm so glad that you joined us today. And by us, I am talking about Chris Williams and J.J. West. How are you guys? Doing well. Good to be here with you. Good. J.J.? Yeah, great to be on. I am so grateful for all the work that you guys are doing in changing people's lives. You know, one of the big things that we talk about here all the time is every man's battle. And we just had one um, this past week. And I also want to introduce you to Brian Blumberg. For those of you who are watching on YouTube, you can um, see Brian. Brian, you were just at the every man's battle that we did in Dallas. And we hear about life change. We hear about these men who are in really difficult places and they make the decision to do something about it so that their life can be free and full. And uh, I know that you have a testimony that you want to share about one such person. So JJ and I were both there this last weekend in Dallas. Great event. um, Fantastic camaraderie among the guys. We had a testimony that came in about a week and a half ago of a guy that was trying to get into every man's battle and he had, didn't have the financial resources um, he called our call center and talked to Deborah, who's fantastic in Dallas, in our Dallas call center. And she got him a, a full scholarship. Mm. And um, he came to the event, and that's the first part of the story. And as kind of Paul Harvey would say, you know, now it's time for the rest of the story. So we met this guy. His name's Edward at Every Man's Battle. He was there just this last weekend. And this is what he wrote after being there for the weekend. It's, he writes this, um, on December 1st, I attended EMB in Dallas. I feel the tears ready to fall as I now speak from victory, not defeat. Mm. This has been the most powerful, life-changing weekend I've ever experienced. The breakout sessions and the lectures from JJ have changed my perspective on being transparent. This weekend has ushered in a new beginning. For years, I have asked the question, do people really care? And I can tell you and say, yes, that EMB and New Life, EMB Every Man's Battle and New Life does care. And I now have the tools to fight my addiction. And that's what our, that's what your giving does. Yeah. When you give the don to New Life, you we hear stories like this all the time. Yeah, we are all about life change. And Chris, I know that, you know, you've worked at Every Man's Battle. Mm-hmm. You've, you speak about this issue. Yeah. And life change, even though Edward had this incredible experience, he doesn't go away by himself. Not at all. Not we, at all. We believe in that connection. You know, Every Man's Battle provides a place to get what you don't know that you need. Mm. And it is the need to be seen. And when we're caught up in patterns of sexual broken behavior and sexually addictive behavior, the shame drives us deep, deep into hiding. Mm. And so we're terrified to be seen. And so Edward says it really, really well, if I can restate it for him, it was a place to be seen and cared for in my deepest, darkest places. It's amazing. Along with JJ and the team providing a pathway out of that darkness into the light, leaving behind the pain of this destructive behavior. It's amazing. And JJ, you get the privilege um, to speak to these men. Um, 
What would you say to somebody who's listening today who heard Edward's testimony that needs to go to every man's battle? Yeah, Edward's Edward's story can be your story. Yet Mm. Edward's story of having a place that that was safe for me to be myself and be real and then and then get set free can be your story you don't have to continue to live in this pattern of struggling and failing and feeling absolutely miserable and ashamed for the rest of your life there is freedom available and we just we so long to see you guys and to be able to to point to the one who frees us and point to the one who saves us. I agree. And when you donate to New Life, that's what you're giving to. You are helping people experience that freedom. We want to help you. Give us a call, 1-800-229-3000. We'll be right back after this. To find out more information about New Life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now back to New Life Live. Welcome back. You got Chris and Becky and JJ, and we are taking your calls today. You can call us at 1-800-229-3000. And I think we have a call on line one. Terry, thank you. It's Todd. Hi, Todd. I'm glad you called today. Sorry for that little bit of a hiccup. I, You know, some days it's like Monday all over again. Right. <laughs> We're so glad you called. How can we help you today? Uh, I just wanted to call in and uh, talk to JJ and Brian and just let them know what a, an amazing weekend I had in Dallas with them. Well, do say That's more. <laughs> Let's hear it. Yeah, it was a what, it, what an it was an amazing opportunity for me to spend time with like-hearted men that are going through the same struggle that I'm in that I've been through. Uh, and just a chance to find out some tools and some ways to kind of just to change things and, and know that it's, a, you know, change my thinking and understand what that means and what that looks like and, and that the shame that's there, I don't have to carry that anymore. Mm, that's great to that's hear. that's not of God. That's awesome. And, and Todd, what, what for you was the thing that led you to be, to make that decision to go to every man's battle? Uh, uh, it was a discussion between my wife and I and uh, just she I had never heard of it she mentioned it and uh, looked into it and we both felt like it was something that was going to help help me to be a better man a better man in God a better man for God and then in turn a better man in my relationship and a better husband that's great that's great and then what were some of like the fears like what were some of like the concerns that you had going into the weekend Honestly, I didn't really have any fear. I was really excited about the opportunity to go just because it had everything had been going for so long and just not really understanding really the root of everything and, and, and why everything just continued to perpetuate itself. And uh, it was just I, I was excited to, to really kind of get down to the nuts and bolts of things. That's awesome. That's so good to hear. Because I think there are, like, you know, quite a few years ago, I was in that same boat. Whereas I had the struggle. It was secret. It was hidden. I didn't know what to do with it. When I found out that, one, it was a thing. (laughs) It was an actual issue that that was shared with other people. But, two, that there was a solution. 
And I th- and I think that that provides a ton of hope for a lot of other people out there. JJ, what oh, would you what would you say to Todd as he just completed this Every Man's Battle workshop? Yeah. So one, Todd, thank you for attending the Every Man's Battle intensive. Thank you for calling in and and sharing your story with other men to encourage them to go. Now, now the hard work begins. Right now, the hard work begins right. of walking it out day after day, staying in the fight, staying in the battle, fighting against that message of shame that wants to creep back in, right? We say it all the time. uh, You know, the enemy is crafty, but he's not creative. He comes up with the same attack over and over and over. So he's going to keep bringing that same attack of, of trying to keep you tripped up with shame. So you have to fight against it. But man, great job being there for the audience. Uh, You know, Todd was right on the front row the entire weekend wanting to soak up as much as he possibly could. And I'm, I'm just so thrilled that you had that opportunity. We had the opportunity to meet you and we got to see yeah. God work in your life over the weekend. You know, that really speaks, uh, that speaks to your willingness to Todd, when you said to Chris that, you know, you were ready to go. I think that there comes a time in our life where we have to examine what are we willing to do? What steps are we willing to take? And then for you to sit on the front row, like JJ just said, um, you know, when you think about, it doesn't matter if it's this issue or any other issue, what are we willing to do to see our life mm-hmm. be all that God has created it to be. And uh, I'm glad you were there. I know that you were um, greeted with smiles and support for this journey. Yeah. And um, I, I hope that you will take advantage of sustained victory because that's a big part of the the journey. And um, we're, we're grateful that you called us today because I know that your call is encouraging other people to make that, make that decision. I'm going to do something different. I want to make... Um, you know, and you mentioned your wife. Uh, you had a conversation with your wife. We say all the time, a lot of wives that are dealing with their husband's issues of sexual integrity have such power to speak into the process for them to sign up and to be somewhere that will make a difference. So good job for your wife as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Becky, can I ask Todd a question? You, of course you can. Hey, so, uh, Todd, without giving away the secret handshake or the secret formula, uh, can you can you share, was there anything in the weekend that surprised you? Surprised me? I would have to say, yeah, because I kind of went feeling like I kind of had it figured out, and I was just going for, I think, encouragement and... Um, just maybe some extra tidbits and things to improve on. And it really surprised me the, the shame aspects um, and what that looks like was a surprise and not, not, not like, Oh my gosh, but it was an eye opener for sure. And then uh, just the, the road to redemption and what that looks like and, and kind of where my wife is and where I put her. So that was all kind of eye opening for me, humbling, but, but good. You know, you know what we we call um, thinking you have it all figured out. <laughs> it's called den- it's called denial, Todd. And, and you didn't know what you didn't know, but you were willing and your eyes were opened. And um, I'm glad you didn't give away the secret sauce. But I want to encourage others to know that you may not know everything yet. 
And uh, it doesn't right. matter if it's Every Man's Battle Intensive or one of the other ones that we do, but um, I think it makes a difference. We're, we're grateful that you called, and uh, we know that your journey has just begun, but um, we'll be praying for you. Chris, you got anything else? Yeah, Becky, I, it just reminds me of the spiritual superpower of humility. We really, really underestimate its, its forward movement, mm-hmm. its opening of possibility, that when we think that we have it figured out, or when we think we've arrived, or when we're just closed off, when maybe our heart goes cold, or it goes bitter, or maybe it goes hopeless, all those ways that closes us off to the opportunities and the possibilities. And it really starts with this, I think, hard task. It's a hard first step. And that hard first step is saying, I have a problem, and it's me, or it's in me. And then the beginning of the solution. And so it's like God doesn't oppose the proud because he's mad at them. He opposes the proud because there's nothing to do with them. Mm, Gosh. You know? Yeah. God lifts up the humble because they allow him to do something with him. So I think, you know, as we come to the end of this year, I I just encourage one, myself and and the rest of us to take a look at, like, where can we open ourselves up in humility and say, hey, there's some things inside of me that really need to be worked on and really need to be transformed and changed. And with hopeful expectation in humility, bringing that before God and others and and, in our ministry here. I love that. I always take I can't listen and take notes, but I'm taking notes all the time when you talk, Chris. (laughs) I mean, God does oppose the proud because what? What is he going to do with them? Yeah, because they, because they, because the proud opposes him. Mm. Mm. They don't open themselves up. Yeah. So, folks, yeah. if you are feeling, oh, it. go ahead, JJ. <laughs> I was just going to, I was going to jump on that same point. It's the proud say, "I don't need you, God." Yeah. And he, yeah. And he lets them walk away from him, but he says to those who recognize, "I'm sick." Hey, I'm here to heal you. He recognizes those who those who recognize they're blind. I'm here to give you sight. Mm. Those who recognize they're in prison. I'm here to set you free. Mm. Those who say, no, 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 I've got this. He goes, well, okay, but he opposes he opposes them to get them to see the the futility of that path. So they'll come back. Right. That's good stuff. That's really good. good Yeah. Thank you so much, Todd, for just going, making that choice. And I hope that if you're listening and you hear something that Todd said or what we've talked about, that you'll make that choice to join us at an intensive in 2024. We're going to talk with Rachel, who's calling us from Denton, Texas, listens on KWRD. Hi, Rachel. I'm glad you called today. How can we help you? Um, Thank you. I have a question. I have a mother-in-law that's a little proud, um, in my opinion. And so with that said, I have autoimmune disease and she's really been triggering me and I've tried so hard to like do different things and I've even offered like, hey, maybe counseling would really, really help with like this relationship and it's just a no, no, no. Like, and it's to the point where I needed surgery and I, in long story short, my blood work kept getting bad from stress mm. and I finally said enough I, and I said I, I, you know, on Thanksgiving, I lasted maybe five minutes and I said, I can't deal with the stress. I have surgery on Friday and I I really got to keep my stress level down. And I walked away, Mm. but this is ongoing for 15 years. And at what point I want to be respectful and I, and it's really not my job. I know my husband kind of needs to step in and do stuff, but he's, you know, he, he just, 
Well, it's his mom. Know. That's why it's it's mm-hmm. it's tricky. Well, Rachel, let me ask well, you this. Controlling, yeah. Let me ask you this. How, like on a regular basis, how much contact are you having with her? Is it just holidays? Is it? Do they live down the street? What What is your regular connection with her? She lives across the street, but now my regular connection with her is um, only holidays. It because of just the dynamics that have taken place throughout the years. Yeah. Well. Having your mother-in-law live across the street could cause some problems, maybe. I don't know. Chris, JJ? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, so so Rachel, if I want you to pay attention to your body really quickly, between your chin and your belly button. And I want you to then picture your mother-in-law. And where Mm -hmm. in your body do you feel sensation, maybe a strong physical reaction when you picture her? In my heart. Okay, stay there. If if your heart had a message about you, maybe an I am statement, what would that say? Mm, I am enough. <laughs> okay. Now, like towards her. Yes, because what she most likely triggers inside of you is that you are not enough. Right. Okay. But that's her, not me. <laughs> <laughs> Can I challenge you on that? Sure. It is you. No. (laughs) So what I'm saying is this. It's like she triggers that. And she may even say you're not enough. And she probably, you know, if I'm going to give you a cheat code here, the people who carry not enough inside of them constantly put it on other people. They project it on other people. Right? Mm -hmm. But the only people that absorb it is those who have not enough inside of them. Right. Right. But so, she's really, it's really, she's just nasty. Like, well, it's really, yeah. I don't, I do feel enough. Like, I feel happy and I, she's really the only person that like triggers me because she's just so unkind and she yeah. tries to control my husband and I'm like, babe, you're a grown man. You don't have to listen to her. Yeah. Yeah. So what I want to encourage you to keep doing is that as you picture her unhooking that place in your heart that says not enough. And again, I'm not saying Mm -hmm. that this, right, because you can't change her behavior, but you can change your reaction to her. Okay. Where where this sounds harsh, but it's not meant to be. It's, It's the difficulty of an internal boundary is that she has to mean less to you. Her actions and her behavior have to mean less to you. Right. Right. Now, there's other conversations and other behaviors around. Again, I think you're already moving in that direction around setting boundaries around her, you know, and and negotiating the relationship and probably some marital stuff that needs to be addressed as well. Well, and I think what you're talking about, Chris, just Rachel, think about this for a minute. You're talking about she's in a state of reactivity. Yes. And that's the reason why it's still in you, Rachel, that you're not enough. Yeah, because I'm paying attention well, to the I, autoimmune response. I'm paying attention to the cortisol. Well, and and I used to, right? Well, and it used to not be nice. It's it's gotten worse throughout the year. Mm. You know, we used to like go at it, and I would just let her have it because it's just not like that's just not in my nature to let somebody walk over me. Yeah, and, and not in an ugly way, but it's just getting worse. And see that things changing be around people like that in my life well Rachel hold on Um, we're going to come back after the break and hear from JJ you know there's always going to be somebody Mm -hmm. 
you're going to have many, many opportunities throughout your lifetime for people who are going to push those buttons. So we can show you a way forward, but just know that it's, it, you mm. know, it will happen again. You know, one of the things that we're thinking about this time of the year is buying gifts. And so we've got all kinds of great devotionals and Bibles that make great gifts. You can call us 1-800-NEW-LIFE to, or go to newlife.com and look at all of the offerings. We're going to be back with Rachel after this. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a question or a comment, call toll-free 1-800-229-3000. Now back to New Life Live. Welcome back. We were talking to Rachel before the break, and I think we lost her call. But, JJ, I wanted you to speak into that whole dynamic of uh, what she was talking about with her mother-in-law and just those family dynamics that occur. I mean, a lot of people have that struggle. What would you say to Rachel about this situation? Yeah, so a couple of things come to mind. Number one is, if Rachel, you're still listening, I I hope you hear from us. We're so sorry mm-hmm. that you're having to have such a hard time and, and and have had such a hard time with your mother-in-law for so long. Uh, it's that's so hard to to be in a situation where someone that close to you, right, that that has access to your life, has an agenda that is painful has an agenda that is destructive and so i'm so sorry that you're going through that especially because you've made some efforts to try to improve the relationship you've invited her to work together with you to improve and i appreciate the fact that you've done that and and truth is scripture says as much as it is up to you live at peace with all people right romans 12 but it gives us that caveat it doesn't say just blanket live at peace with all people it says as much as it as it is up to you so so part of our own healing is recognizing where my responsibility stops and theirs begins and not taking on their responsibility as my own uh, the other thing that i would encourage is i think that there needs to be a series of conversations with your husband you know if you were still on i would be asking questions like okay so how does your husband respond when you say hey i really need more help and support well and she she is on jj oh she is yeah okay well rachel i would love (laughs) to hear from you uh how does your husband respond when you when you say things like hey i need more help and support from you to set and hold these healthy boundaries with your mother He's actually done really good the last two years he got sober, and now he does support me 100%. Um, but sometimes he goes overboard, and he's like, he's like, you know what? I don't want to be around her either. She's, you know, I have all this trauma from her from when I was a child because mm-hmm. we've done a lot of work to break those cycles. Mm-hmm. And he's mm-hmm. like, why do you make me have a relationship with her? And I'm like, well, that's your mom. You need to not just, just you just, you can't just cut her out like that. And he's like, why? You, you can. I want to also. And, I just, I'm just like, that's not healthy. That's not a healthy mindset. Well, it depends. Okay. I think it depends, though, Rachel, on whatever he's talking about. I mean, if there's right. there's a lot of people that have to manage mom and dad relationships in a strong boundary like that. But it's never in reaction. You know, you, you make a decision from repeated experiences based on, I need to have that peace. But go ahead, JJ. I know you got another question for her, but... <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, I would, I would agree with you, Becky. It doesn't, it doesn't need to be reactionary, but there are times where when we've had a, a, a calm assessment of the situation, we may need to say, I- I've got to set this line. 
because my interactions with you, whenever I do interact with you, it is uh, distractive. It is detrimental, right? And so I may need to, I may need to say, no, I, I can't, I have to limit how much interaction I have with you. Well, so I would encourage Rachel, you to at least talk with your husband about if, if he's saying, I want to cut her off, maybe, maybe the boundary line needs to be moved. Maybe it's not cut her off completely. Uh, but maybe it's we need to reset the boundaries. Maybe we need to not have her live right across the street. Right. I don't know That's who, exactly who lived there first. <laughs> right. right. I don't know if you guys moved next to her or she moved next to you. But maybe we need a maybe we need to expand that buffer. Right. Yeah. Right. No, she she actually followed me. That was a funny question because I had bought the property earlier and. She had asked, is that fine if I move, if I buy the property next door and buy on it? And I'm like, what am I supposed to say? No. Well, you can. Okay, you can. I know I should have. Well, but, but. but you know what, though, Rachel? Here's the thing is that um, you obviously have an influence on her. And even though it's adversarial at this point, and that's kind of the knot that's tied right now, it, I mean, maybe because I know everybody's wondering why in the world would you live across the street? But if she moved there, then, you know, that's another thing. But I just think um, you can manage this relationship you have up to this point. It's just made you sick in the process. And I think that's the thing you got to be paying attention to. Um, okay. JJ, Chris, anything else? Okay, Rachel, I got to point one thing out. <laughs> so hear me out, my friend. Um, you're struggling with a lot of control. You know, you're saying to your husband, hey, stand up for me. Oh, not like that. <laughs> okay. So that yeah. put, that, you know, and so my guess is that your husband is maybe a little bit of a pleaser in there. Um, yeah. And pleasers, when they please for too long and it doesn't work, they do cut off. Um, I know, because <laughs> I'm one of those. And, and you're right, there are some things that are unhealthy in that. But what I want you to be able to pay attention to is the anxiety that you're carrying inside of you as the result of the actions of other people. And, and of course, that's very natural. But what we want to be able to do as we're getting healthy, especially as you need to take care of your body and your soul and your mind with an autoimmune disease, is learn what can I do, live within my limitations, and and, and really learn a little bit. The skill of boundary making is really tough, but let me give you a clue. A boundary isn't a, a request for something to do, somebody to do something different. A boundary is something I'm going to do as a result of something that needs to keep me safe and me protected. Mm, that's so helpful. Thank you. Good. Great. Yes. Good. We are going to send you a copy of Boundaries. It is the Bible for those decisions that mm-hmm. you're talking about. And we're glad that you called today, Rachel. You know, one of the things that we talk about a lot here is uh, recovery. We believe in life recovery. And today on NRB, if you're watching us there, You can watch the latest version of Life Recovery Today. If you miss it, you can go to our YouTube channel. We've got over 150 of them. And we talk about all things recovery, and it's for you. We believe that. Call us, 1-800-229-3000. We'll answer your calls. Today's podcast is brought to you by Club New Life supporters who give a monthly donation because they want to continue to offer help and hope in these very, very difficult places. To find out more about Club New Life, you can go to our website, newlife.com, or call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now, if you're new to us, we drop an episode every weekday. We would love it if you would rate or write a review, which helps more people discover help and hope. 
and helps us share wisdom with as many people as possible. Now let's listen to our counselors as they help people walk through life's hardest places. We're glad you joined us for New Life Live. To be a part of the program, call 1-800-229-3000. Now back to New Life Live. Welcome back. You know, we have intensives. Uh, You hear us talk about these um, times away where we're being real focused on the work that we have to do. And it's like every man's battle, restore intimacy and marriage. We're going to do Lose It for Life in January. And we just did Emotional Freedom on Saturday. Chris was uh, one of our speakers there. And so whatever you need to do to make a difference, we can help you in that direction. And we, we are here for you. And so maybe 2024 is the year you attend one of our atten- intensives. And if you need information, you know where to find us, uh, newlife.com or 1-800-NEW-LIFE. And we're going to continue taking calls at one 800 229 and we're going to talk with Wendy, who's calling us from Sacramento, California, listens on KFIA. Hi, Wendy. Thanks for calling. How can we help you today? Uh, yeah, thanks. Appreciate you guys. Um, I'm trying to keep it in a nutshell. I'm 68. I've had some medical problems, but my and I'm working on myself. Um, I've been reading Take Your Life Back, and um, I'm more reactive than responsive, mm. and my 40 my 40 year old daughter lives with me and she's totally out i mean she's she's dysfunctional she's codependent she has history life history from when she was a kid of of issues and was in 12 years in an abusive relationship where she fought back with the guy and said I'll leave and she doesn't have any of her kids three of them um two of them are grown but he's got the other one um she's really dysfunctional really codependent and we live together and all i want to do is snap I've I've tried I've tried uh she needs a knee replacement but she she's afraid to go get it because she had some knee operation done and it was botched and uh, I I can't live my life for her. I've tried to set boundaries. I say several times but it was when it was a trigger. You have to move out. You have to find another place to live. She has no job, no nothing. She's not working a program and I've encouraged her. I've said you got to do this, you got to do that. Nothing mm. because she, and I'm I'm gonna flip. I don't know what to do, and I don't want. I can't even kick her out because she has absolutely no place to go. That is so unless hard. she goes to a shelter. No job, no nothing. It's hard, Wendy, and I can hear the the pressure that you're feeling even in your own home. Mm-hmm. I think we can help you, JJ. How about you start? Yeah. So so, Wendy, I am really sorry. Like Vicky said, sorry that you're. Uh, in such a tough spot where you're having to say no to your daughter, which means that her decisions will have consequences, right? Where, I mean, that's, that's a, no, no parent ever wants to be in that situation where you see your child suffer. You want to be able to help them. You want to be able to support them. But at times our help and our support turns into rescuing and codependency and that's that's what yeah. you're trying to get away from and i and i appreciate you trying to get away from that uh when you have conversations with your daughter and you tell her hey you you have to get a job you have to become self-sufficient does she agree with you say all the right things just never follows through or is she resistant even to the idea 
Oh, she's not resistant. She's she's a woman who will do or die. She used to work two, three jobs. She went to Paris. She saved her money. Um, okay. But she's crashing. She's been crashing for the last two years since she's been here. She can't. She's tried to get a job at three different places, but she can't sustain because her knee. She falls. She's got a bad knee. That okay. She's got screws in her knee. I can't even begin to explain, but she won't get a surgery. And I keep trying to encourage her. But you know what? Whenever I talk to her, she's full of shame because she's the mm-hmm. sweetest person in the world. She just has all the issues. And she's okay. just full of shame and, and defeat. And I'm no good. Her her siblings won't even talk to her because she doesn't have her kids and because mm-hmm. um, the life she's lived. And uh, okay. so there's this, I, I, I know her heart, but she's, she's so bound up in dysfunction that I, you know, she, so I don't know what to do. I can't do anything yeah, so, for her. That's the thing. Right. You can't do it for her. That's correct. So there's lots of jobs out there that don't require movement, walking around, that wouldn't put stress on her knee. Is there a reason why yeah. she doesn't try and get those jobs? If she's been a hard worker in the yeah. past, what changed? We talked, talked about computer jobs and all that. And she said she's got a police record from when uh, – when she was in the physical abusive relationship for 12 years. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's her answer. So, mm-hmm. so Wendy, she doesn't have a knee problem. She has a me problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Right. We, that's what we're saying right. here. So, you know, when, when we identify the wrong problem, we always end up with the wrong solution. Right. So getting a job and helping her get surgery is not really going to solve the problem that she's dealing with. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I, I, I gave her counselor's name that my counselor recommended. She yeah. said she called him once, but it's that dangling the bait. She called him once. Yeah. So mm-hmm. she's deep she's inside now. of what I refer to as her victim state, a sense of hopelessness, mm-hmm. yeah. helplessness, probably a lot of vitriol, but you said it well, is that shame, you know, and like, I'm like yeah. JJ, what, what is the impact of shame on a person's life? Right. We go into hiding. Like you said before, earlier today in the broadcast, shame always, always, always causes me to hide from God, myself, and others. It causes me to keep repeating the same harmful habits that I've been doing for months or years or decades. It, it yeah. keeps me locked. And I don't think that anybody, if they saw the real me, would accept me. Everybody mm. would reject me because I hate myself. And so yeah. everybody yeah. probably would feel the same way. Well, right? the, the tricky part about this, though, Wendy, is it doesn't matter how many ways and how many times you say this to your daughter. This is her journey. And that's where the boundary setting comes in. And as hard as it would be to do some of the most difficult things, mm-hmm. she doesn't need help right now. I know that sounds really weird. I mean, you can see that she needs help. You can, you've explained all of this. But her motivation is, is stunted because of the shame, because of the pain, because of the poor decisions before. So there's got to be some structure for her to rebound, to, to find her new life. And it's going to be difficult for you. You are her biggest cheerleader, it sounds mm-hmm. like, Wendy. And if you think of this, Wendy, as an addiction, because I guarantee you it is, that she may need a different bottom. Right. Because you said she's capable. And so it's yeah. inside of her. So I would encourage you to set this particular boundary. For you to continue to stay here 
you have to go get help in the form of therapy. And I have to give her a timeline. Yes, that's exactly it. You're you're a step ahead. And and because what's going to communicate to her more clearly and loudly is not your words, it's your actions. That's right. Have you and you so what if, you said you said that to her ahead. before, Wendy? Yeah. And yeah, her and the timeline. Yeah, and I what mean, happened? I, I say the last time I told her she had to leave because she's got a whole other dynamic with my ex-husband, hmm. and um, they're codependent on each other. And um, okay, let me think. What was the question you asked me? Oh, what what happened when when you when you told her to get time? the help and you gave her a timeline? What did she do? Um. She's still in the same place. Right. That's mm-hmm. all I know. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So she that that means the last time. Right. But see, that's why we can't just tell you the same thing expecting different results. It, we it it's yeah. just going to be harder for you. So then, Wendy, I'm thinking if you don't have somebody that you're working with on a regular basis, mm-hmm. I know that you read and take your life back. But whether it is a support group, um, whether it is a counselor. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to have that structure because you're fighting this battle on your own. And it sounds like there, there's all kinds of other things that go along with this. You've got your other children who are not talking to her. You've got an ex-husband that's not talking to her. So it's it's this kind of tornado that's mm-hmm. you know just continuing to gather debris and making more destruction. And so you can't just tell her the same thing because you, right. it's going to be the same response. Right. Because yeah. if, if all I do is I set the timeline okay, you've got to get help by this date or you need to move out and she doesn't follow through and I go, well, let's set another timeline. Let's set another yeah. date arbitrary and yeah. I don't I don't ever actually follow through on my end. Then she, you know, eventually she catches on to that, right? She's not stupid. She'll catch on to the fact that, boy, it's, it's too hard for mom to follow through on the consequence of, of asking me to move out. So I don't really have to change. I don't really have to, to do anything different. Uh, I, can, I can rely on the fact that mom will always let me stay because she doesn't want to go through the pain of, of having me move. Yeah. Right. Wendy, well, we... I ho- did tell her. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I'm, I'm sure you told her, and I think this is that ongoing conversation. I want to um, send you a copy of Bounders. We just talked about that, and it goes along with what you're reading and Take Your Life Back. Mm-hmm. But some of these decisions that you're going to head into, you're going to need that support. And we can connect you with a therapist in your area as well. But we'll be praying for you, Wendy. This is a tough situation. I know that you want to support her and you see the potential that she has. um, But it's got to be her decision. We are going to continue taking calls. 1-800-229-3000. To find out more information about New Life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now back to New Life Live. Welcome back. You know, um, Chris and I were just talking at the break uh, about the challenge of failure to launch, even though Wendy's daughter's 40. You know, there are so many just little instances as parents that you don't realize that you are not helping the person. I I don't want to say child. You're not preparing them for the path. You think that preparing the path is the way to do it. And it's no, it's really creating that uh, ability to function 
it's it's so complex. And it, I, it really is. Yeah. And, and just to speak really quickly to that, because we're in it. My wife and I are in it, you know, 12 and 9-year-old, and we're trying to set them up as best we can. But, uh, you know, just the recognition that I provide so much soft landing and easy road for them mm-hmm. that it's maybe detrimental as opposed to beneficial. Well, you're going to find out. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, but the truth of the matter is, is that the struggle prepares us. Mm-hmm. You know, the, yeah. I, I remember right. I was down in Manzanillo, Mexico, and we were doing this ATV ride, and we got to actually see these um, turtle hatchlings go from the sand to the ocean. I started to pick one up to take it to the ocean, and the guide was, like, yelling at me, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. He said, because it's life-threatening to that little turtle mm. because the struggle prepares them to swim in the ocean. And we have so many examples, butterflies, all that, yes. you know. And so if you're going through a struggle, just think, I'm getting stronger. Yes. And, and if your children are going through a struggle, they're getting stronger. You're, you know, that you just got to keep your eyes on that. Now we're going to go to our last caller for this show, but we're continuing to take calls, 1-800-229-3000. If you're on, hold on and we'll get to your call. We're going to talk to Jan, who's calling us from Seattle, Washington, listens on the internet. And we're so glad you called. How can we help you, Jan? Hi, I've called before, kind of with the same problem of having uh, too many children versus me. And we don't know how to communicate very well. We more react, you know, than respond. And I just need some tips of how we can get on the same page. All right. I'm presuming that you're talking about adult children, Jan? Yes, but between 50 and 70. Okay. All right. Well, um, JJ, let's start with you. Okay. So, Jan, let me start with a question. When you say too many children against me, uh, do, yeah. do you mean do you mean the sheer number of children that are coming against you? Or are you saying uh, that the intensity of the way that they come against you is, is overwhelming to you? No, they're, they're really... Um, in agreement with each other, and we're at oppositional points. I call myself ODD, oppositionally defiant daily, according <laughs> to uh-huh. And I'm not going to go to the doctor for it. I'm coming to New Life to <laughs> okay. help me have some different way of communicating. Uh, we yeah. get along. So we're we're communicating by text right now because we can't do it face to face or verbally, mm. and okay. Um, okay. it's it's just so, they love me too much. They want me to give up driving, to not live alone, to move, to do a lot of things because they believe that will help me. And I, like I said, I'm a fighter, and not purposely but it comes out that way all the time i see yeah so 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 can i say uh one thing i want to i want to steal from chris no go for it he said this he said this earlier in the in the broadcast today the the power of humility is is really untapped We, we don't really understand how powerful humility is how much of a healing agent it is in relationships and so it sounds like you're at least you're at least agreeing with part of their assessment of you that there's this oppositional, defiant part of you, right? Like you can 
you can own that, which is good. That It takes humility to admit that, to own that. I think it's important to be able to communicate in the, in the humblest way possible. I understand that there are ways that I communicate with you that may be more reactive than responsive. And I want to work on that. I want to change that. And I would like you know you guys to do the same. Uh, and then to be able to say, let me understand why you're concerned about these things. Like, I know that you love me. I know that you want good for me. But why are you concerned about, say, my continuing to drive? Right. And have a conversation around not just the not just the what, whether you should be able to drive or not. But what are their concerns? Why is that an issue for them? And then for you to be able to share why you think you're capable of continuing to drive or whatever the the particular issue is. But we're talking now about the why around it rather than just the what. Because if we just talk about the what, should I drive or not? Well, I'm I'm opposed to your position, so we're always going to fight about that. Hmm. And we're never going to actually listen. Scripture tells us very clearly that we should be slow to speak, slow to become angry, but quick to listen, which means that our focus should be on my, my effort should be not just sitting in silence waiting for my turn to speak, but actually listening to what that other person is saying. Seek first to understand, then to be understood. So mm, I want to have the good. humility to listen to what are your concerns. Not that I'm going to automatically agree with them, but I want to have the humility to listen to your heart. Yeah, that's that's really, really good, JJ. And I just want to encourage you, Jan, as well, is that sometimes these things can get in us. And what I mean by things is these patterns. And one pattern could be the repatter, the pattern to refuse help, which what JJ is, is, is pointing to really there is that, that that's a prideful thing in me. And then if we, if we follow the path of fear, it will show us exactly what we're struggling with. And here's what, so here's the, here's sort of like the thing I want you to look at. You're seeing they're reaching out for you as an expression of control rather than an expression of love. And so you're, everyone's battling for control and everyone's missing the love. Mm. That's a tragic situation. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yes. I want you in your heart, Jan, to take an examination and to say, what is inside of me that, that is fearful of receiving help and receiving care? Oh, well, who do I counsel with about that to get to the bottom of it? Well, we can hook you up with somebody. We sure can. We we have a whole nationwide network of therapists, and that that would be a great thing because a lot of times that just happens in our past. You know that growing up, I may have been in an environment that when I was in need or I needed to be cared for, no one was coming for me, so I had to take care of me. Mm. I never learned the muscle of receiving care from other people, and and in fact, over time, because I didn't trust, then I don't trust people caring for me, and I experience it as control rather than love. Well, and that's the damage that I think that I've done Mm. uh, to my children, because I didn't know how to um, comfort and, you know, um, just minister to them when they need, and now we're really 
really, really crashing. Well, so. so here's the thing. What what Chris and JJ have just said, you've you've discovered the pattern. We'll connect you with help, um, Jan, because this isn't going to be something that you're going to, you know, resolve on your own. But here's the headline. You want your legacy of love to be relational, not in this warring path where you guys are just at a text level of relationship. I don't know how much longer the Lord has for you on this earth, but you want those days to be full of connection and love with your family because they love you so very much. We're glad you called today, Jan. We'll get you connected with somebody. And, you know, if you're struggling with something, give us a call. 1-800-229-3000. We're going to take calls for the next hour. And we want to help you. We want you to have a great 2024. And if 2023 is still a struggle, we can help you. There's still time. Thanks so much for listening. We hope something you heard will help you live in freedom today. If this content was helpful for you, we would love it if you take a minute, leave us a review, post about it, and rate it. Remember, we have resources and workshops online for you as you continue your journey. Go to newlife.com and find out more information. And thank you for being part of the New Life community. We know that God desires all of us to live a life of wholeness and healing. And we're so glad that you're here.